The Motivational Intelligence Podcast is produced by the team at Two Logical. Two Logical is an international corporate training firm and the world's leading expert in motivational intelligence, which is the ability to understand, manage, and change the motives people have. Two Logical offers over 30 different keynotes, workshops, and full training courses to small, medium, and large Fortune 500 companies in 53 countries, a lot of which you're probably familiar with. Advisor, Bank of America, GE, Constellation Brands, P&G, and more. All solutions are completely customized and the feedback from these sessions will blow your mind. If you have any training or speaking needs or just want to say hey, head over to twological.com. All right, we are back asking the right questions part two. Here you go. Lost a little bit of a cliffhanger last week. <laughs> <laughs> That's how we do it. That's how we do it. Around. There you go. How, so uh, all about getting those Nielsen ratings. Up, yeah, exactly. You know? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I don't know. They have yeah. Nielsen for podcasts. I'm not I sure. No, it's got to be out there. Yeah, right? maybe. Yeah, I think we got. I don't know if we got to worry about that yet. Yeah. Um, all right. So uh, this is follow up to uh, last week's episode, asking the right questions. Uh, last week we talked about asking the right questions in regards to leading ourselves and, mm-hmm. and leading successful personal lives. Um, and uh, this week uh, we wanted to focus on uh, asking the right questions in regards to leading others. Um, so I guess to start there, why is it um, why is it is asking questions and asking the right questions an important part of le- leading others? Let's start there. Okay. Um, well. You know, one of the big things that in, in working with groups, uh, you know, there's, there's people are always really busy, but they're not always really busy doing the most important things. And so we've, you know, if you step back and you're, you really ask yourself, what are the, what are the most important things that we're trying to accomplish as a leader? Um, and there's, there's really, it really comes down to two things. Um, the first thing is you know to to be you know working to help you know each of the individuals on our team to to realize their full potential you know and and the second thing is to create a team of people who are the very best at what it is that they do and so you know if at the end of the day we go home and and you know we're able to kind of roll back through the day and and point at specific things that we had done through the course of the day to to help people to reach their full potential and to create a team that's the very best at what they what they do, then we've kind of lived to our responsibility as as leaders. So you know, then it comes back to okay, so how, how do we really do those things, right? And, and so a big part of uh, you know of helping people reach their full potential or elevating a team comes down to learning and um, and questions play a you know, a huge role in, in, in really developing people and developing teams. You know, we, you know in, our, uh, in our classes, we, you know, we often will talk about how managers tell and, and, and leaders ask, right? Um, and, you know, and, and the reason that leaders ask is because, you know, asking, it engages people. It gets people involved. It's, um, you know, it, it, it validates their, you know, them and their perspective and the fact that, you know, they have insights that, you know, they're, they have a worth to them. And, um, 
uh, asking questions, it, it heightens somebody's accountability because if you, you know, if I tell you to do something, which is, you know, managers tell, um, you'll be like, oh, okay, Dave, you know, yeah, I'll, I'll do it, right? Mm-hmm. But if you tell me that you're going to do something. Yeah, that's a whole different level of accountability. Exactly. You know, and, and so that makes a, a big difference. And and even just, you know, asking questions, you know, as, as the leader of a team, I may not have all the answers. I may not, you know, and um, so it, it kind of creates that creative environment where, you know, we're looking for options and we're looking for broader insights and things that I might not have considered. So there's huge benefits, uh, you know, from that perspective. Um, candidly, the other thing is, is that, you know, asking questions, it, it really, it, it forces people to think, you know, go back yeah. and, you know, you look, um, the, you know, the Socratic means of teaching was by asking questions. Uh, you know, if you want somebody to learn something to get better, you know, leading their thought process with questions is a, is a, you know, is a wonderful way to do that. Candle, if it worked for the great philosophers, it'll probably work for yeah, us too. Yeah, we're probably okay. Yeah. <laughs> There's yeah. worse people to follow than Socrates. And, yeah, you know. Yeah, no, I, I think that's I think that's definitely true. I mean, and just to get the creative juices flowing, um, and and I think you know that's that's what what people I know for myself, like that's what you know people respect in in a leader is someone who's okay with saying, hey, I don't have all the answers, yeah. and. Um, and I feel like a lot of times when, you know, people say that they, yeah, I have all the answers, um, it, I don't know, it just it takes the wind out of your sails mm-hmm. a little bit. Um, yeah. And a lot of times it's not true. Nobody really has all the answers. Well, I mean, I don't know about you, Sean, but, you know, it, 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 when somebody sits there and pretends like they have all the answers, they lose credibility in my mind. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Because you can't possibly, right. you know, with... Especially, especially now, everything yeah. is so fluid yep. that to pretend like you know everything, yeah, it, yeah. It's, it's just not even a realistic expectation, right? Yeah, yeah you got to get all the brains in the game. Yeah, I remember, uh, I remember years ago, uh, I was doing a, a meeting for Prudential, and uh, their 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 president was in the room, and you know we were you know we were kind of talking about things, and and. Uh, he, he kind of stopped the group and he had all of his like direct so there's probably I don't know maybe 40 people in the room and uh, and he said you know he goes a lot of times he goes you know you guys will run into a challenge or you guys will run into a problem and and you know he said you'll you'll come to me with a recommendation or you'll come to me with you know a solution that you think we should put in place and and he said I may be sitting there thinking to myself well you know, I wouldn't do it that way or, you know, I would do it a different way or those kind of things. He said, but he goes, you know, I watch you. And he goes, if you're really impassioned about what it is that you're, you're bringing, he goes, you've really thought it through. He goes, more often than not, he goes, I'll let you run with it. And he goes, because the reality is what you came up with may be light years better than what I had in my head. Yeah. Yeah. And either way, if, if it's one that that you really believe in and are excited about, you're really going to chase after that. Exactly. And if it's if it's one where, where yeah, I really thought that I don't really think this is the right answer, but I got I got pushed in this direction. You're going to kind of half-ass it uh, yeah. along the way. Exactly. Uh, and I think that's I think you know like you and I have talked before about um, you know the the people talk all the time about millennial engagement and all those kinds of things. And 
I, you know, that that's probably a whole separate episode. Um, Probably, that, yeah. <laughs> um, but I think, but I think it'd be the, very different than that. What a lot of people would think, though. Yeah, you know, it's it's amazing what we've learned. Uh, you know, every generation is unique, um, but really, what we've learned, particularly as the millennial generation is now almost twenty years, you know, into the workforce. Yeah. Um, you know about what it really means to lead and, and manage millennials. Yeah, that no, would be I, a good conversation. Yeah, I think we'll definitely yeah. have to do one of those. And I, I think it is a lot different than than what people think. But I think you know, just a, as a a sneak peek to it. I think, the, I think the question thing is a huge is a huge part of that, particularly um, for you know today with how fast things change. Yeah. Um, you know, for for I think a lot of of uh, the millennials, if somebody's coming in and saying, "I have all the answers, do it this way," and I know what I'm I'm talking about, uh, things change so fast that even if if that worked for you, but it worked ten years ago, right? there's a very slim chance that it actually works anymore. Yep. It, it, even if it, you did it last week and it worked for you, there's, yeah. a, there's not a, it definitely could have changed. Yep. Um, so I think, I, I think that's a big part of it. Like you said, it, it loses credibility where, you know, they're with millennials, they're seeing how fast things are moving. They're right. seeing these, these trends and they know how, especially if you're trying to sell to millennials right. or anything like that, yeah. they, they know the trends and, uh, and to pretend that everything's the same as it was 10 years yeah. ago. Yeah. Um, you know, they, they just don't believe you. And rightfully so. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> um, so from a, from a psychological perspective, um, let's talk about um, precision here. Mm-hmm. So what, how important is, uh, is the wording, the words we use in the, in the questions we ask? Mm-hmm. Wording is is incredibly important, uh, you know, in terms of the, the the questions that we ask from a you know from from a leadership perspective, or, or even the questions that we ask of ourselves, you know, could, yeah. and, and they kind of go a little bit hand in hand because as leaders we ask the question, but then that question gets reframed in that individual's mind anyway, you yeah. know, and so questions are, uh, you know, they're they're really. They're geared to speak to our subconscious, and you know. So, and there's, I mean, there's a few things that we know about our subconscious and the, you know, the way that it works. Um, you know, the, the, you know, the first thing that we we know about the subconscious is that our subconscious is our planning mechanism. It's the, you know, the architect. It it uh, um, it builds the plans, and uh, you know that 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 it, it that it creates for us that we execute upon. You know, based upon our, our our past experiences and based upon our core beliefs, uh, um, even if those core beliefs are fundamentally wholly untrue, uh, um, the you know our, our subconscious mind is you know it, it is it is very literal in the way that it interprets things. Um, our subconscious mind does not understand the concept of a negative. Um, our subconscious mind it, it works in pictures, um, not in words. And and so if there if we're using words that can't be created in a picture, they get dropped out, and it, and it'll focus on what's you know what what the picture is. Um, Oh, and, you know, and our subconscious mind is very focused on the now. It's not, you know, it doesn't, you know, obviously can't develop plans to, you know, for our future or for our past because that's already happened. Um, and it's and it's not focusing on developing plans for our future. It's developing plans to, you know, to perpetuate us right now because, you know, it, it, it because the, the, the whole goal of the subconscious is to keep us in the game now so that we have a future. Right. And so wording plays a huge role. 
in in the in the questions that we ask, uh, you know, from from a leadership perspective. So for you know, um, there's a couple things that I wanted to I want to dive into a little bit uh, a little bit more. You you said um, your subconscious doesn't understand the concept of a negative. Mm-hmm. What do you mean by that? What I'll give you an example. Yeah. Okay. So. Uh, um, uh, ten years ago, uh, I started studying martial arts, um, uh, specifically Taekwondo. And uh, uh, one of the things that you have to do to move from one belt level to the next um, is to break a board. And so you you have to break a board with a uh, with a, a front kick, with a with a side kick, and with a back kick. The you know the front kick's pretty easy. It's straightforward. Your sight line is is fine. Um, this the the side kick and the back kick are a little trickier. So it came time for me to to uh, um, to to break a board with a you know with a with a spinning back kick. And the uh, you know our, our instructor Master Kim is is there and he um, you can you can practice. Uh, um, either barefoot or you can practice with like these, you know, like martial arts sneakers on. You know, I like using the sneakers because you just get a better grip on the mat. Um, so it came time for me to, to, to break the, the, the board with a back kick. And uh, our, our master, he looks and goes, he goes, oh, Dave, you got your shoes on. He goes, uh, uh, he goes, I, he goes I'm not going to make you take them off. He said, but he goes, just please, he goes, you know, make sure that you don't hit my fingers, uh, you know, when you do the kick. Because if you hit the you know, fingers with, with sneakers on, the rubber grabs your skin and goes, it really hurts. So... Uh, so you know, I'm already nervous, right? Mm-hmm. So uh, yeah, you know, there's it, another exactly, there's another factor. yeah. So uh, so I'm sitting there, and I'm and, and in, in my head, I'm going, okay, you know, what they teach you is is they teach you to, to kick through the board, right? Yeah. Um, not to stop at the board because then it won't it won't break. So yeah. you actually you're actually aiming for a spot that's about an inch behind the board. Okay. Um, and so, so in my head, what I'm saying to myself is I'm saying, okay, through the board, through the board, don't hit the fingers. Through the board, through the board, don't hit the fingers, mm-hmm. right? Now, remember, subconscious mind does not understand the concept of a negative, right? Yeah, so so through the board, you know, hit the fingers, fingers <laughs> is, is what's, you know, what, yeah. what's going on and you know, my subconscious is hearing, yep. right? Um, and, uh, you know, so I spin around with all the power I could muster, I come right at that board and don't I freaking smack his <laughs> fingers right yeah now I was nowhere near good enough to hit the fingers on my own if I yeah. were really trying to but my yeah. subconscious you know like okay through the board fingers, hit the fingers, got it. right so he's jumping around he's you know and, and and you know having a little Korean guy mad at you who's a you know who's a, yes. a multi-level black belt not really a good yeah, strategy. No, yeah not good but you know so so the, our subconscious mind Again, it thinks in pictures, but but the but it, it it you know it puts things in that positive tense, not in, so it doesn't understand the concept of negatives in that sense. Yeah, yeah, no, that makes perfect sense. Um, and I think uh, well, first of all, I had no idea that you took Mart. Like you've been able to kick my ass this whole time, and I just didn't know. Well, the, the the key to being a martial artist <laughs> is not to have to tell everybody you're yeah, a martial exactly. artist. Yeah, exactly. You have a secret. <laughs> right. Because <laughs> if people know you're a badass, which I'm not, yeah. um, you know, they always want to test it. Uh-huh. So, yeah. yeah. That's true. <laughs> um, I know a bunch of badasses, though, if you yeah. want to meet them. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Um, at least just so I know who not to pick a fight yeah, with. There you go. 
Uh, you're not much of a fight picker anyway. Yeah, no, that's yeah. not really my style. Yeah, you're a lover, not a fighter. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, uh, and the, the, so the other one you had mentioned was um, we think in pictures, not mm-hmm. in words. What do you what do you mean by that? Like like visualization in terms of exactly. You know, so the 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 way we store things is we store things visually in our mind. Um, you know, so so we, we we take the snapshots of things, and that's and that's how the subconscious process things. So yeah. it doesn't process in words; it processes in pictures. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So you're you know, and you're that's and there visualized. and there again, that's why. That's part of the reason why visualization works so well. Yeah, is because you're you know it aligns with the way our subconscious processes things. Yeah, yeah. Well, I remember you told me a story. Uh, this was probably a year year and a half ago. I don't know, maybe a couple years ago. About um, you were talking about uh, your first house. I don't know if it was your first house or your most. Oh, recent I thought you were going to pick a different one than that. Oh no, yeah, yeah. was there, there a different one? Yeah, that was the one that just popped into my yeah. head. I was gonna. I was thinking you were going to ask me about the Roger Bannister one. Oh yeah, that's also a good Bannister's one. Bannister is a good one. Yeah. Bannister is a good one. Yeah. Well, yeah, you, but you talked about yeah. uh, well, we could we could go both. Um, <laughs> uh, we'll save um, Bannister for yeah. later. Yeah, we'll save yeah. Bannister for later. But yeah, you talked about um, is it the house you live in now? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the house you live in now and and how? Well, tell the story. Um, you know, it was something that um, it was actually it was when I first started at Too Logical, and. Um, so one of the things that, that, that Joe had me do was to, you know, it was, again, it's always in the want to that people discover the how to. And, and so my big want to at that, at that stage was, you know, there was, a, there was a house that, you know, that I wanted to live in that Michelle and I had talked about, you know. And, and um, so, you know, what, you know we, had, we were constantly buying home magazines and things mm-hmm. like that, and, you know, those blueprint magazines and those kinds of things. Uh, um, I'm, I'm dating myself, but this is long before the internet where you could actually look that <laughs> stuff up. Um, and, uh, and so we would cut pictures out of, you know, of, of that home. And, and we had a, like a three ring binder where we had, you know, p- taped all these pictures to different pages and things like that. And um, so what I did uh, every night before I went to bed is, is I would walk through that house in my head. Um, and and so I literally long before we'd ever talked to an architect, long before there was a blueprint that was drawn. Yeah, this wasn't that, a, an existing house. No, no, this was a house that we wanted to build. Yeah, and and so that I built the house in my head. Yeah, um, it made me a freaking nightmare when I got to the architect <laughs> yeah. because you know I could visualize yeah. it better than right. he could. Yeah. Um, but literally, it was I, I, I literally I could walk right through that house, and I knew where this room was and that room was, and how wide the doors were, and I mean every little nuance of it. Yeah. Um, and today we live in that house, you yeah. know. But it was built it was built through visualization in my head long before you know any nail was ever pounded. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. That's just I mean I think just speaks to the power of 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 visualization, but you know in particular your subconscious doesn't. You know, think in words of things and pictures. Right. Um, so, uh, in terms of uh, leadership questions, how should we be um, thinking about what questions we should be asking? Are there certain categories? Are there certain buckets uh, or types of of questions um, that you know we can kind of uh, organize this in our minds a little bit? Yeah, <laughs> that's you know, it's a funny question. I had. Um, there was a gentleman uh, uh, 
last week who was in in one of our groups and and so he comes back in uh you know after one of the you know the in the later days of a training session and he said you know he goes uh he goes you know i i i i wanted to try out what we talked about in class yesterday he goes you know we talked about leadership and questions and you know how managers tell leaders ask that kind of stuff and he said i and he goes and so i was in a team meeting last night and and he said uh he goes, I, I realized that I'm, I'm really good at asking questions when I want to know something, right? Yeah. He said, but I'm, I'm really, I, I, I kind of suck at, at, at asking questions from a leadership perspective when I want to try to help somebody else to know something, you know? Yeah. And, it's, and it was funny because when he said it, I, you know, it, it really did it kind of, you know, I, I sat back and I thought about that and how really what for most of us likely what we've practiced most often is asking questions for our own informational purposes right not really asking questions to sequence another person's thought process or to get them to see things from you know a different angle uh, you know in, in that in that sense of things yeah you really need to be able to put yourself in their shoes right you know and and so you're you're asking questions in a way that you're you know, you're 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 leading them down a pathway of thought, so right. a, a pathway of self-discovery, so to speak. Yeah. Um, so yeah, absolutely. There are there's there's different types of questions that you know that we can ask. Um, you know, there's there's the uh, from a leadership perspective, if you're trying to get people to kind of open up their their, their thought process, uh, you know, a little bit more, um, is to you know ask them possibility type questions so you know uh you know if we were in an environment where we had no constraints uh um where we had you know unlimited time or unlimited resources or um you know you know w w what could we create here right so you know so you take you know you take all the shackles off and, yeah. and you know and, and what what really are the possibilities there yeah. so that's a that's a great uh a questioning style if you're, you know, leading a brainstorming type conversation, or if you know somebody is is very confined by limited thinking, you know, by the constraints and you know, and those types of things, as you you know, you mentally give them permission to let go of all those constraints and say, if 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 this wasn't the case, yeah, what could we do? Yeah. And then you can take them down the next pathway. So okay, so you know, so you know, so that's what we could do if it was unlimited. So now we know we have uh, you know a constraint over here. How could we still accomplish this but work around this constraint? Yeah, well, I think I, like the cool thing about that. I mean, one, it, I think those those types of questions are great for getting outside the box. Are great for looking at it from a different perspective. They're great for for establishing and painting a picture of the vision, mm -hmm. like what really is is possible. And I think that like for that type of question in particular, it. Um, it gets we're, we live in a world right now where there's so much leverage mm -hmm. um, with with everybody's access to technology and 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 all that kind of stuff. Where um, I think where if you start with questions in in that regard, you end up a lot further down the line. Where okay, maybe we can't do it that way, but we're two steps beyond where we ever would have been thinking. Right. You know, there's there's the great. I think we've talked about the the Airbnb story. Oh yeah. Um, where they talk about the ten star experience. Mm -hmm. And they said uh, instead of thinking about like what's a five star you know 
uh, hotel experience, let's think about what's a ten star, uh, you know, hotel yeah. experience. And it's you know you get a private jet and you get off the you know you get off the runway and and you're you know you go down the red carpet and people are standing there with your favorite drink and you hop in a limo and all those kinds of things. But by starting there, they kind of dialed back and said, okay, you know, ten star is a little is isn't really feasible, but seven star is right and that's you know twice as good as anything else that's that's yep. out there exactly but you never would have got there if you didn't give yourself permission to kind of go yeah. beyond the constraints that yeah. you're putting on yourself exactly and so there's a there's a wonderful example of possibility thinking yeah yeah yeah, yeah. so i you know i think that's i you know I, I, that's decidedly a you know a great leadership tact in you know in that regard um Another type of question you can ask are the options questions, you know, so, um, you know, give, you know, given where we're at, right, um, you know, uh, you know, what are what are the different approaches that we could take or what are the different options that we have? Uh, you know, what are the you know, what are the different outcomes that, you know, that that, that we might be able to, you know, uh, obtain here? Um, so now you're, uh, you know, and this that's really, really good for. You know the you know getting people now. If you've looked at the possibilities, mm -hmm. now saying okay, well you know what what if you know this yeah. is this, and then you know what you know how is that going to impact things? Yeah, good for strategy. Right. You know. So so there's you know the options type questions. Um, another type of another great type of leadership questions. You know, we go into organizations all the time, and one of the biggest challenges that you, you'll see, and it's exists in almost every single organization we've gone into is there's you know there's kind of the us and them the silos that you know draw up that you know so whether it's between sales and marketing or you know or you know the administrator you know uh you know the customer service and the operations group and the you know whatever you know they yep. get these the departments kind of rub against one another and and there's that that, that friction and People are people are exceptionally good at understanding the world through their eyes, but they're not exceptionally good oftentimes at understanding the world through somebody else's eyes. Yeah. And so the you know the perspective type questions are those of well, you know, you know, you're asking, well, you know, what's what's really most important, say, to that department? You know, what is it that they're really trying to achieve, or how is how do they measure success, or um, you know, how how might this be perceived from a customer perspective? Uh, you know, so you're 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 projecting somebody into somebody else's shoes, and and helping them to see this, you know, see things through their lens, not not our own lens. Yeah. Um, perspective questions. Those are they're they're really great for for um, uh, helping people to get past their own biases, yeah. um, and they're, they're they're also great for helping people to come up with uh, more optimized solutions. You know, by by kind of taking the the bigger picture perspective, um, coming up with you know more optimized ideas. So yeah. you know the well, perspective would, ones are good. Yeah, and I would think you know a, a big part of it is is just getting buy-in from you know different different parties. If mm -hmm. if you if you can you know stop for a second, put yourself in their shoes, you're going to understand much clearer what's important to them, what's not, what are they thinking about, what's top of mind, what's keeping them up at night. And by understanding those things, you can craft something that's going to, okay, these guys are going to be really excited about this. So this is really what they, what they want. And now you're getting some collaboration as opposed to, 
well, it just should be this way because I said so. Right. And now you're, you know, button heads. Yeah. And, and, you know, when we ask those perspective questions, you know, we need to be prepared too. We may get a blank stare because they might not have any idea what is really important to the other department or what yeah. their goals are, how they're measured or any of those things. Yeah. And that's fine too, because now we just go, well, why don't you go have a conversation? Yeah. And now you've established a dialogue. Yeah. You know, so, so perspective questions, they, they, you know, they can serve well. Yeah. From, from yeah. It opens things up, exactly. opens up lines of communication. Yep. So that's, you know, those are good ones. Um, uh, purpose questions. Are, are, are you know are, are great uh, um, you know the purpose questions you know generally speaking they have a why in them um, you know so you know why do we do it this way or you know why why are we you know why are we you know why are we building it this way on this project or you know why um, you know why are we running into this constraint or the you know in in those are the the purpose questions those are really great for well, they, they do one of two things. They they either help people to understand the cause and effect of things. Yeah, you the know, root cause, really. Right, right. So kind of root cause analysis. Um, and they're also great for, you know, if we want to challenge the status quo, you know, because we may recognize that we've, you know, we, 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 well, why are we doing it this way? Because we always do it this way. Yeah. Right. That's not really a reason. Exactly. You know. And, you know. Or maybe the reason we did do we do it this way is it was relevant. You know, in previous times, yeah, but right. it's not relevant now. Right. So you know, therein lies you know challenging that status quo. Is that you know are the you know is the are the beliefs that have guided us to do it this way are they still relevant? Yeah. Well, you you've uh, you've kind of told the the parable about the the roast, mm-hmm. right? With, oh, yeah. the, with the yeah. pan. Yeah. Um, yeah, what was it? It was the, the, the little girl. Yeah, asked, the, right? the little girl who uh, asked her mom, uh, why do you always cut the end off the roast before you put it in the oven? Yeah. And uh, the the mother goes, you know, she goes, I, she goes, I don't know. That's always how my grandmother did it, you know, or my mother did it, right? Yeah. So the next week they were at the grandmother's house, and the little girl goes, Grandma, why do you, you know, why, why, why do you always cut the end off the roast before you put it in the oven? And the grandmother goes, well, I, I don't know. She goes, that's how my mother always used to do it. Mm-hmm. And uh, so the week after that, they're, they're with the great-grandmother, and the little girl goes, Great-grandma, why, why, why do you always cut the end off the roast? And the, the great-grandmother replied, because I never had a pan big enough to hold the whole roast. <laughs> <You know? laughs> yeah, and here we are, sixty yeah. years later. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know. Yeah. Just but, simply because nobody ever asked the why question. Yeah, you know, exactly. The purpose question. Yeah. Well, I think, and I think it's it's so true. Like you know, and 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 I think you a lot of times when you whenever you ask the question why do we do it this way, it's got to be a huge percentage of the time where people are saying ah, I don't know. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Well, Which, maybe yeah. we ought to think about that. Yes. Yeah, exactly. You know? So yeah, so purpose questions are. I, I think those are great leadership questions. Um, I, I think you know the the uh, assumption type questions are, are are really valuable. So you know the uh, assumption questions really are like you know what are the what are the biggest factors that are you know influencing the direction that that we're you know we're taking on this. Mm-hmm. Um, and and so now you're really beginning to, again to go and look at what you know what are the assumptions that we're making that are you know that that, that are guiding the direction that we're moving in. Um, yeah, and, it gives you the opportunity to say whether they're okay. Is this a correct assumption or right? Is, is it real? Flawed? Is it perceived? Yeah. Is it you know? Yeah, right. exactly. Um, and 
so the assumption type questions, they're they they're really really good for identifying the you know the thought or the approach barriers um, that that people have, and also for what really are the biases that are you know that are that are influencing the the decision making process. Yeah, I think it's uh was it um, I'm trying to remember who it was. I want to say it was Charlie Munger maybe. Um, it's uh it's he said something. There's something to the quote of uh, it's not what you know uh, what you don't know. It's what you know for sure that's just not true. That's yeah. gonna hurt you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> What was the he wrote a uh, there was a book I heard a, they were referencing it in a podcast recently. Uh, uh, I think it was like Poor Charlie's Almanac. Yeah, that might have been it. Yeah. I was which is I, ironic because he's worth like twenty yeah. billion dollars yeah. or something. Well, I I because I, I remember I heard it in a podcast and, and I was thinking to myself that that, that I bet you that'd be a great book. To, yeah, to, no, to I, pick I, up. yeah, it would be a yeah. great one to pick up. Yeah. He's yeah, both of them, but you know Charlie Munger in particular has come out. You know Warren Buffett's uh, you know obviously super well known, yeah. but Charlie Munger is number two. Yeah. Um, is really like he's not as well known but he's wicked smart yeah it's you know it's it's amazing the things i I gotta i gotta uh when we get done i'll get on hop on amazon i'm gonna order that one i just Mm -hmm. got done um this past weekend i finished a book uh uh uh, ray dahlia when uh when tim ferris was interviewing him yeah Um, principles uh right well he had so one of the questions that that tim ferris had asked him was um, you know that he's got that standard question. You know, what are the you know books what are the books? Get, yeah, yeah. yeah. Most often. Um, and it and it you know it looks kind of arrogant if you say your own book. You yeah, know, right. But, yeah. But so he had recommended two books. He said, you know, there two, if I had to give you know a book to you know anybody when they're coming out of school, they you know he goes these these would be the two that I would pick. Um, one of them was uh, Lessons from History, which was a very cool. I, so I, anyway, I ordered the two books after I yeah. got done listening to it. Um, Lessons from History was the first one. The other one was called River Out of Eden. Hmm. Um, and it's a Darwinian view of, uh, you know, of life. It was written by a, a gentleman. A, a, he's a biologist. Okay. And it was, it was uh, the whole book was about the evolution of genes and, uh, um, and huh. uh, you know, how species evolved and why they evolved the way that they do. And um, it was you know, kind of a quick read. I think it was only like 160 pages, but a really, really neat book. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that was, that a, that was be, a cool one to read. Yeah. So thanks, cool. Ray. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's I'll have to pick that one up. Mm-hmm. That's that sounds like a good one. Um, okay, so assumption questions, and I think that's that's so true, and it's it's you know the root of of a lot of um, you know a, a lot of people have a lot of assumptions, whether it's about themselves or about the place that they work or about oh, yeah. the environment or about you know the world, how they're looking at the world is um, you know all those assumptions. A lot of them don't don't turn out to be it's a story we tell ourselves. Yeah, exactly. And not the picture we painted. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Um, okay, so assumption questions. Um, a, a, any other? Uh, um, that'd be yeah, five types yeah. of questions. Um, yeah, yeah. I think you know the the other one would really be more of like um, yeah, situational type questions. Mm-hmm. You know, so. You know, uh, you know, if then, then that type things. Yeah. You know, so you're kind of like, um, you know, so given this, uh, what you know, what do you recommend type of a thing? Sure. Uh, in you know, situational questions are great when, um, 
you know, people are coming to us with a problem or, you know, a challenge mm-hmm. or something like that. There's always that, that, that habit to just give them the answer, or point them in the right direction. But, yeah. you know, the situational questions are more like, well, you know, what do you, what do you recommend? You know, what do yep. you, what do you think we ought to do? You know, those, those yep. kinds of things. And, and so the situational questions are, they're really great for influencing strategic thinking in people. Yeah. Well, yeah. And I think, you know, they're, they're great, um, you know, they're, I think they're a great way, you know, in, in a, on a more, you know, obviously in a, in a one-on-one or, you know, a given situation, but they're great for, you know, even on a more advanced level as you start to, that those types of questions are what allows you to kind of play 3D chess mm-hmm. or play chess when everybody else is playing checkers is being able to think three, four, five, six, seven steps down the line because yeah. if this happens and then that happens and then that happens and then this happens. Right. Um, and and that's that's what elevates a lot of, a lot of people. Yeah. Um, in business uh okay so there's six six types of of questions are um those are all good questions Mm -hmm. to ask i can't imagine all questions are equal uh um are there certain types of questions that um leaders should avoid um You know the, you know as a general rule, um, I'm not a big fan of closed end questions. You know, so a mm-hmm. closed end question is, is one that is you know it, it, it kind of ends the conversation. You know, so yeah. um, they're you know closed end questions are generally like yes no type questions. Okay. Yeah. Uh, um, they you know so it, it you know someone you know uh, are you you know are you are you you know are you going to hit your goal this month? No, no. Okay, where do I go from there? Yeah, right, you know, exactly. and, and uh, um, so if I'm, you know, in, in pretty much any response I give to that now is is an adversarial type response, yeah, right? Exactly. So well, why not? Yeah, you know, and, yeah, exactly. and you know, and, and so you know, right there, it's changed the kind of tenor of the combina- of the of the conversation. So, yeah, you're across the table and not on the same side. Exactly, you know. So the the the. You want to ask questions that that encourage the conversation to move forward, not that end the, the, the yeah. conversation. So close-end questions are are are, are uh, the ones that, that that you should try to avoid from a leadership perspective. And you know, the other thing that we always you know we always talk about is we we talk about the um, you know big person bigger communication style. So yeah. um, versus a big person smaller, you know, parent to child kind of uh, communication style. Yeah. Um, and I think that goes to questioning as well, you know. So if we're asking a, you know, the depower, de, you know, depowering type questions, uh, you know, like, you know, w- 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 you know, why aren't you on track, or you know, why aren't you focusing enough time on this, or you know, why, you know, uh, you know, the, the, you're, you're you're speaking down to a person, you know, why are you yeah. going to miss your quota this month? Uh, again, it's that adversarial, you know, type yeah. of a of a thing. Um, yeah, which is going to do one of two things: either it's gonna they're going to get pissed and blow back up at you, or they're just going to shrink into a corner. Right. Neither of which is a good. Exactly. Thing. Either way, you put somebody into a defensive fighting posture. Right. And you know, and, and that's you know, that's it, it's it, it just isn't going to work. Yeah. Uh, you either know, they're swinging or they're in the field position. Right. And and so I think if we can avoid those two things, um, uh, you know it. it 
anytime you know, if we can focus on you know how can you do things versus right. why can't you, it's, right. you know, it's it's I think you're always going to be better off from, yeah. in terms of the questions you're asking. Yeah. Um. So, you know, I guess along that line, are there other, um, are there other common mistakes that you know somebody may be new to a leadership role, they just got promoted, or you know, even somebody that's been there for a while, but. Um, let's let's stick with you know somebody new to a leadership role. Are there common mistakes that that they make um, in terms of asking questions, asking the right questions? Yeah. Um, it, yeah. I remember uh, uh, in Walter Isaacson's uh, the the book he wrote on Steve Jobs. Yeah. You know he talked about the uh, um, you know the the core principles that guided Apple and. Uh, um, one of those core principles kind of comes to mind as I'm thinking about your question, and it, and that was that you know simplicity is the ultimate sophistication. Yep. You know, and the and I think that's very true in asking questions too. You know, a lot of times you'll 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 hear leaders where they um, they will they they will ask multi part questions, right? So there's mm-hmm. you know inside of what. It seems like one question. There's four subparts, you yeah, know, and right. and and that causes people. You know, they either will focus on one, yep. um, you know, or they kind of mentally shut down while they're just trying to wrap yeah, their head around right, the magnitude. Which one comes first? Right. And, yeah. So you know, the multi-part questions I, I think are the kiss of death, and 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 overly complex questions are are the kind of you know simpler questions are better. Than, than you know than the the complex ones. Yeah, I mean to to you know Albert Einstein has the quotas of uh, if you can't explain it simply you don't understand it well enough. There you go. And I think that probably applies to questions yeah. too. And it's, it's funny you say that. I just uh, uh, it was the other the other day, and I'm trying to remember where I heard this. Um, uh, somebody somebody had, had had made a reference point that if you're um, you know if you're you're sitting in a math class. And you don't understand what the teacher is, you know, what they're talking about. Then you got to go find yourself a better teacher to explain it to you. Yeah, you know, and and, and that kind of reminds me that you know the Einstein quote in that regard that yeah. you know the person who's explaining it to you this isn't good enough in explaining it. Yeah, exactly. You know, Oftentimes we think we're the stupid one, but yeah, yeah right. Yeah. Well, and I, I think you know people people kind of you know it's easy for people to get on their high horse where I'm like. Uh, well, I just understand it better than you. That's why it sounds complex to you, but yeah, not to me. Yeah, exactly. Um, like, well, if you really understood it that yeah. well, wouldn't this wouldn't be that hard? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. I wouldn't have a headache right now. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. So I, I think that's I, I, that's a you know I, I definitely see that as, as being a common problem is overly complex questions. Um, oh, here's a big one. Um, uh, there's a certain impatience, I think, that you know. Sometimes we feel as leaders. Yeah. So if we ask a question and, um, you know, somebody gives us a less than optimal response, um, or not the response that we were looking for them to give us, um, it, you know, there's that that impatience oftentimes causes people to come back and go, well, you know, uh, you know, yeah, don't do that, do this, right? Yeah, and, just blurt it out. Yeah, exactly. You know, and and uh, you know, so giving people the right response rather than again going back and asking that second or third level question yeah. to you know get them to look at it through different lenses or different perspectives or consider it in different ways. Yeah. But there's you know if 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 we're talking 
we own the answer. If they're talking, they own the answer. So, yeah. you know, it's, it's go to, you know, if you're not getting, if, if they're not seeing it, ask a better question. Yeah. Don't give them the answer. Yeah. Well, I think that just speaks to the virtue of patience. Yeah. As a, as a leader is so big. Yeah. Um, so, all right, those, so those are our leadership questions. Let's shift gears for a second. So are there questions when we put, you know, we've, let's take the leader, leader hat off and put the manager hat on. Mm-hmm. Are there questions that we should be asking as managers when we're trying to marshal resources or, um, you know, coach people, you know, specifically more on the task-oriented stuff? Yeah. Um, are there questions uh, in that regard that we should be, we should be asking? Absolutely. Um, you know, questions is not just purely the domain of, of leaders. It's, it's a domain of managers, too. And, you know, oftentimes we, we, you know, we hear those two, you know, those two labels, leadership, management, you know, and, and but people don't, we, we find this a lot, um, you know, even though people understand that they're two separate things, they can't really define what really is the difference. Yeah. And I think so they that, use them interchangeably. Uh, totally. You know, yeah. and, and, and I think that really hurts uh, folks in, in becoming great at those two complementary but very different skill sets, yeah. you know. And so, you know, the leadership side of what we do is, you know, that's about vision. It's about culture. It's about developing teams and about developing people, you know. So yeah. the... Leadership is it's it's the people side of what it is that we do. Yeah. Um, you know, management is is all about the you know it's about the goals, it's about the strategy, it's a it's it's about you know how we're implementing these these things. So, management it's it's about the process side of what it is that we do. Yeah. So, the leadership questions, you know, they're they're really geared at, at helping you know people to increase their own awareness uh, or teams to increase their awareness. Uh, you know, the management questions are going to be more geared towards the the, the the process side and how do we how do we optimize the process side of, of what it is that we're doing. Um, so questions that we could ask as you know from a management perspective. Um, <laughs> here's a good one. Um, uh, you know, what is it that we're we're really trying to accomplish here? Yeah, Which, that's a huge one. It's amazing how <laughs> you know how how often people they they don't see the forest for the trees. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, you ask that question and you, it's just crickets. Yeah, yeah, because they're so caught up in the weeds and the muck and the mire that they've absolutely lost sight of what really is the big picture of what we're trying to get done here. Yeah. You know, so that, I, I think that's a wonderful question from a management perspective. And, yeah. you know, make sure that people never really lose sight of what it is we're really trying to accomplish. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, as it relates to that, as a, you know, kind of add-on question, you know, uh, you know, what's it really going to look like once we accomplish it? Yeah. You know, I, you know, so, you know, what is it we want to accomplish and, and helping people understand what, what's success going to look like when we get there Yeah. so that they, so that they have some picture in their mind of, of, of how are we going to know if we won or lost? Yeah. Well, and that goes back to the power, you know, the, the subconscious mind, yeah. you know, thinks in pictures, not yep. words. Yeah. Um, but I think it also, you know, just defining 
what does success really look like? What, right. what is it? How do we know when we're there? Exactly. Exactly. Um, so I think that's a great management question. Uh, um, tying back to what we talked about before, between you know getting lost in the weeds and things mm-hmm. like that. Um, you know, if you're asking, you know, what is what is it we're really trying to accomplish? You know, what's it going to look like when we get there? What does success look like? Um, I think another great management question is, um, you know, how does what you're working on right now really line up with what it is we're trying to accomplish? Yeah. You know, so are the, yeah. are the things that you're focusing your time and energy on, are, do they tie back to what the big picture is, what we're really trying to accomplish? Yeah. Well, that goes back to the, you know, the, the alignment issue, mm-hmm. which is so big. Yeah. So like, and I, I think it's, it's big, you know, it's, it's super important from a, a management perspective to make sure people are focusing on the right things. Um, but I think it's also huge, you know, like, like you've talked about, it's so huge for buy-in. Mm-hmm. If people actually think like, they actually feel like they're contributing towards yeah. something bigger and not just, you know, coming in, punching it at nine and punching out at five. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, uh, I think it's a great idea to ask people, uh, you know, w- with regard to what they're focusing on right now, what's working and what isn't. Yeah. You know, and, and because... <laughs> Again, a lot of times people will, even though something's not working, they keep doing the same thing over and over and over mm-hmm. again, you know, and, and uh, versus really taking a step back and going, yeah, this isn't really working well, you know, yeah. and, and so, you know, and so how can we do it differently or how can we do it better so that we, you know, so that we, you know, we don't keep spinning our wheels here. Yeah. Well, yeah, and I, I think, you know, it's it's so easy for for anybody, um, you know, even in it, almost especially if you're, you're really driven to just think like, all right, I'll just, you know, try harder. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. More effort. More effort. Yeah. And it's like, okay, well, I'm just, I'm doubling my effort. I'm, yeah. you know, working longer hours and I'm getting exactly the yeah. same thing. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Um, and I think that's so huge is, you know, that just goes to cause and effect. There's yep. a certain combination of things that if you do them this way, it's going to work. If you don't, doesn't matter how hard you're pushing, you're pushing you against go. a brick wall. Yep, that's exactly it. Um, okay, so uh, in terms of, of management questions, um, are there any others that we should be uh, we should be looking at or, or thinking about? I, I the only other one I would I would, and again, it kind of dovetails onto that last one is. Um, uh, you know, if there are areas where they're struggling or, or there are areas where things aren't going is, you know, in the, in, in the pathway or the speed that, 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 w- that they should be, mm-hmm. um, is just, again, come back and ask people, um, you know, how can you do it better? How can you do it differently? Um, how can you approach it from a different angle? Um, you know, so you get them to begin to focus on, Figuring out the solution versus doing what you talked about before, which is just doubling their efforts. Yeah, yeah. You know, so yeah, moving, being more strategic rather yep. than just you know rather than just pushing harder. Yeah, right. Yeah. Work smart. Yeah. Um. All right. I, I think. Uh, um. I think that the, that about wraps our our asking the right questions uh, part two. Um, before we before we go, do you have any other uh, any of the closing thoughts, any tips or or anything um, 
regarding asking questions, asking the right questions? Well, um, well I mean, we, we, we talked about something a, a few minutes ago, and I, and I think it's worth cycling back to. And, you know, that is that, you know, as, as leaders never fall into the trap of assuming that we're always right. You know, I mean, we, we're human beings. We have biases just like everybody else. And, and so um, it's entirely possible that, you know, we may have a blind spot that we're not aware of. And so um, it, just like that president, uh, you know, from, you know, uh, Prudential, who, you know, I, I shared that with a story about earlier, um, you know, he, you know, he looked and if somebody's impassioned about something, if they really believe in it, they've really thought it through, then you know what, they may well be right and we may well not be, you know, yeah. so I think, I think we have to be careful of our own biases. Yeah. You know, I, yeah, I think, um, you know, it, it reminds me of, uh, I was listening to an interview a while back of um, uh, Chris Saka, who's, uh, um, he ran the most lowercase capital, was the most successful venture capital <laughs> fund of all time. And uh, uh, he was getting interviewed and, and they asked him, um, you know, what are, what are the commonalities that you saw in, you know, your winning investments, mm-hmm. the, um, the ideas or the people that you ended up investing in? And he had a couple which were really good, but mm-hmm. the one you know in particular was he said every all of the all of the the founders that uh, I invested in that ended up getting big, whether it was uh, Twitter or mm-hmm. Medium or Uber or whatever, um, he had a lot of yeah. a lot of big wins. Um, but he said they were all really great listeners. Yeah, you know they were all you know he talked about um, Ed, Ev Williams, who was one of the founders of of Twitter, just walked around with a notebook, and it didn't matter who you were. He was just asking people questions, mm. um, and he was constantly taking those and just listening yeah. to to people. Um, and he said that was a common trait among all the all of the huge investments yeah. that that um, ended up you know making billions and billions of dollars. Um, none of them, they were all asking questions and none of them assumed that they had all the answers. Right. They all had a certain level of conviction, but they didn't assume yeah. that they had all the answers. Yeah. Right. So they believed, they believed in the vision, but yeah. they just ne- didn't necessarily have clarity on the pathway. Yeah, exactly. And they were open to whatever the pathway was right. and figuring out what the pathway was. Yep. There you that's go. A, that's a, that's a mastermind principle. Exactly. <laughs> right there. Exactly. So, yeah, I think that's a big one. Uh, um, one of our guys, John Casey, he is a, um, a thing I remember he said years ago um, uh, about silence, and mm. and I thought I think that's a I, I I think that's a great thing to be aware of is that um, silence is not a bad thing when you know when we're asking questions, um, just give yourself permission to be quiet after you've asked. You know, a lot of times when something's quiet. Uh, there's a there's a level of discomfort that that you know that, that that people feel and thus they feel the need to kind of jump in and you know and, and and speak and if we if if we realize that from a leadership perspective um the uh uh we can use silence as our friend you know because then it it, it you know it forces people to think and then they want to jump in and provide you know provide an answer so i think uh Leveraging silence is a you know is a is a big one, um, you know and and uh, and you know what I I, I remember uh, years ago uh, one of one of the CEOs of of uh, uh, one of our energy clients uh, 
he um, he came in and he addressed a group when when uh, we were you know in a session and he uh, uh, I remember what he said he said uh, uh, he talked about new managers disease right mm-hmm. um, and uh, he said he goes you know he goes it's something that he goes I had it he goes almost everybody that uh, that you know that I've worked with over the course of my career has had it at one stage of the game or another he goes and he goes so it, you know, and he goes if you can watch out for it and keep yourself away from it he goes you and your team will be better you know and mm-hmm. And so somebody asked him, they said, well, you know, what, you know, how do, how do I know if I have new manager's disease? And he goes, well, new manager's disease, he goes, there's, he goes, there's two chronic symptoms of it. He said, uh, the, you know, first is the fundamental belief that you've got to be tough to get results. Um, he goes, and second is the fundamental belief that you got to have all of the answers. Yeah. And he goes, and both of those things are wrong. He goes, you don't always have to be tough, and you sure as heck don't have to always have all the answers. Yeah. All right. Well, I think that wraps up uh, part two of asking the right questions. Thanks for listening, guys. Hey guys, one more thing before you take off. This is Motivational Intelligence Insider. It's just a very short, exclusive email uh, every Monday that comes from Dave, John, and the guests on this show. Uh, This is the only place they share their very, very best stuff, and it's delivered right to your inbox every single Monday. Uh, This could include exclusive tips for upping your game, uh, articles they're reading, videos they're watching, stories from the road, and on and on. It's the best way to kick off your week, and this content is uh, comes directly from Dave, John, and the guests, and is only available to subscribers of Motivational Intelligence Insider. So if you want these guys and gals to email you their best stuff, go to 2logical.com forward slash insider. That's the number 2logical.com forward slash insider, and drop in your email. And if you do, I hope you enjoy it. The Motivational Intelligence Podcast is produced by the team at 2Logical. 2Logical is an international corporate training firm and the world's leading expert in motivational intelligence, which is the ability to understand, manage, and change the motives people have. 2Logical offers over 30 different keynotes, workshops, and full training courses to small, medium, and large Fortune 500 companies in 53 countries, a lot of which you're probably familiar with. Advisor, Bank of America, GE, Constellation Brands, P&G, and more. All solutions are completely customized and the feedback from these sessions will blow your mind. If you have any training or speaking needs or just want to say hey, head over to 2logical.com.